Well, we've been in a series. Some of you are new. Welcome again. It's good to see some, some visiting faces and some new faces this morning. We've been in a series asking some pretty deep questions. So if you're looking for a lighthearted morning, uh, sorry. <laughs> we've been asking some really deep questions. Um, we're living in a time in history where words like disruption or inconvenience have taken on a whole other meaning, haven't they? Yes, John, they have. Cool. We're on the same page. <laughs> destruction and, and dark times, and honestly, we could even use the word evils that we used to maybe read about or see in film are actually happening in our time. Our modern-day comforts sometimes don't seem to be delivering on their promises. Re restrictions are dropping soon, and that's really exciting. Honestly, I'm excited to see people's smiles. I forgot what smiles look like. It's awesome. And, and most of us are pretty excited. We all cheered. That's great. Some of us, though, we have this weird in-between feeling where it's like, I, I know I should be excited about this, but I'm honestly kind of scared. Right? Because we have been living in fear of a virus for over two years. What do we do with that? We find ourselves in, in crazy in-between sometimes, don't we? Is there a normal to go back to? Or are we heading into something brand new? Is the world going to work like it has before? Is it going to work the way it always has? And we've been, we've been asking these really deep kind of foundational questions, but then we've been bringing it even closer to home, and we've been looking at the church. We've been looking at the church. What, what is the church supposed to be in times like this? When things feel unstable and ever-moving, maybe in our pursuit of comfort, we've left something crucial behind. To see the purpose of something or to see what something was, was always supposed to be, oftentimes we have to go back. Oftentimes we have to go back to, to where it started, where it began, and we start unpacking that. And we've been pulling apart the later part of Acts chapter 2. We've been in this for another, I think this is week 3 now. We've been pulling apart the later part of Acts chapter 2. And before we jump in this morning, I want us to read this out. We've been doing this together for the last few weeks, and I think it's been really good. So with a mighty voice... Or in a whisper, if you like whispers better, that's fine too. We're going to read this out together. Um, Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. Would you join me this morning? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Let's pray one more time as we jump in. Holy Spirit, we just give you control in this room. Thank you for the invitation to intimacy with you, God. We just say yes to it this morning. Holy Spirit, have your way. Amen. This moment we just read, it happens directly after, after a specific time that we haven't really explored much in this series yet. Peter and the rest of Jesus' followers are, are in a room. They're in an upper room, and, and they're in Jerusalem, and they're, they're praying, and they're waiting. Jesus had promised that the Holy Spirit, God's presence, would come. And so they're up there waiting. They're waiting and they're praying. 
And then we read this. This is at the beginning of Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. What we see here is the moment that Jesus was talking about actually happens. What Jesus said would happen, happens. The presence of God comes, and the presence of God just doesn't fill the room. It says here that he filled every person in the room. Every man and woman in the room is filled with the presence of God. The moment happens. The moment happens. Moments are, are quite profound, aren't they? they? They tend to shape us. Whether they're positive or negative, some moments, they, they don't leave us the same, do they? I remember the first time I saw Jessie. It's actually her birthday today. And it's mine, too. I know, it's mine, too. That's good. Oh, yeah, it's good. I had the best carrot cake yesterday, I just want to say. Michelle, round of applause for carrot cake. Um, but I remember the first time I saw Jessie. We were in Bible college together. We were at Kingswood University, or what used to be Bethany Bible College. And I remember I was, I was in, like, the lower half, those who are there, Shay. Like, there's, like, the, the cafeteria. Um, you have, like, this waiting kind of lounge area or whatever. And I remember, like, there was, like, a window that you could see when people were walking down the stairs. And I remember the first time I saw her walking down the stairs, and she opened the door, and boom. I was captured in that moment. It was never the same after that. In a good way. Why are you laughing? It was good. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. But I also remember a moment walking home one night, and uh, we were having a conversation over text, as you do. And um, she said several very interesting words. I'll put them as interesting. And she said something along the lines of, I think it would be better if we just stayed as friends. Cool. <laughs> it was only a couple days, though. I was, uh, didn't take long. But moments can shape us, right? Moments can shape us. For the better or for the worse, moments don't tend to leave us the same. They're profound, but here's the reality of moments, though. Moments are just moments, right? Moments are, 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 are they're defining, but they just happen at a certain time. They are still just moments. Now, here's a question. What happens after a moment? It's not a trick question. Just normal, right? The mundane happens. Moments, even if they're profound and even if they're ever so shaping for us, they're just moments. But maybe what comes after a moment is just as important as the moment itself. I want to say that again. Maybe what comes after a moment is just as important as the moment itself. Maybe it is our response, what we actually do with a moment that continues to shape us. The followers of Jesus, the beginning of the church, it, it's this defining moment that we just read in Acts chapter 2. It's where the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, comes and actually fills them. It is the presence of God that marks them. This is what sets them apart. This is the defining moment. This is the beginning point. God's presence filling a small remnant of people. Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends, goes out into the streets and he begins to tell people what just happened. 
He's filling people in on what happened to this group of people in the upper room. And he says this. We don't have time to go through the whole teaching or we'd be reading Peter's uh, sermon, not mine. But he says this at the very end. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. With many words he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accept, or those, sorry, who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000 people. What a moment, right? What a moment. A massive crowd is listening to Peter and he's declaring the man that they just condemned to death, the man that they said needs to die, was actually everything that he claimed he was. This man that you just, you, just, you just nailed to a cross was everything he claimed he was, and he is actually alive again. And the, like thousands, thousands of people were added to their numbers that day and baptized. This is such a profound moment. But here's the thing. There's no framework for what's going to happen next. Right? Like these people, they didn't have alpha. They didn't have community groups. They didn't have pizza with the pastors on Sunday afternoons. It's funny. Right? Like there was no framework for what happens next. The Lord comes and fills this moment. And then they're asking questions like, well, what now? What happens next? And what we read in Acts chapter 2, 42, and we, it was the first thing we read this morning, is the first thing they devoted themselves was to what? To the apostles' teachings. Now, why would they do that? It seems like kind of a strange thing to do next. But these men and women will need guidance, won't they? They need direction because now everything has changed. Everything has changed. They are no longer the same. Normal no longer exists. There is now a whole new life to engage with. And this is what I want us to see today. These men and women, they experience a profound moment. The Holy Spirit comes and just fills the space. The moment happens, though, the moment happens in order to lead into what is next. The moment happens to lead into what happens next. And, and what happens next is this. They are to carry the presence of God back into a world who told him to leave. A people filled with the presence of God. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings because the apostles, right, had been with Jesus. The apostles are basically, right, like Peter, James, John, all of Jesus' disciples. These people filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized, they didn't have the New Testament, right? They didn't have this that we do to read and to study and to learn. They didn't have everything that Jesus said and did and showed people to just read and follow. Jesus had lived a life absolutely filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus took the ordinary, Jesus took the mundane of life, and he infused it with the very presence of God. This was absolutely a holy moment for these people. This was a setting apart moment. But the worst thing that could have happened is if they had just left it and stayed in the moment. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching because they needed to know what was to happen next. What do I do with this? What does life now look like? The apostles, the followers of Jesus, they had lived with him, hadn't they? They had, they had listened to him. They had wrestled with the things that Jesus had to say. 
And the beautiful thing was they were able to actually show these people what life look, would look like next. Why? Because they had followed Jesus. They had followed Jesus, and now they were going to show these people how to follow Jesus, letting the presence of God spread. Now, we've been talking about this and kind of paralleling this moment of the Lord filling people with the moment back in, in the Garden of Eden. It goes back to the moment where God says to Adam and Eve, take my presence and what? Make it spread. God says, go and fill the earth, not just with children, but with my presence. Let my presence spread. God is going to do this beautiful work over and over again, and it's going to happen with these people. But it won't stop here, or it won't happen if they just stay in this moment. They begin to listen what the friends of Jesus have to say. Well, Jesus showed us what? To, to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Okay, guys, let's do that. You know, Jesus showed us that we're supposed to take care of those that the rest of society have said they don't belong here. Okay, let's do that. Jesus showed us to care for the sick and feed for those who have no food. Okay, you know what? Let's do that. Jesus showed us to be together, to have friendship, to be together. Okay, let's do that. Why? Because that is the natural flow of life when it is filled with the Holy Spirit. And this goes back to Matthew 5. We've been, we've been studying what it means to be salt and light. Matthew 5 says this, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. Why? Because it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Could one of you guys grab me a drink of water? I'm like, my mouth is ridiculously pasty. Sorry. <laughs> it's a beautiful picture for you. <laughs> but Jesus showed the world what it looked like to be filled with the presence of God, didn't he? Jesus showed the world what it means to then live out of this place of being filled with the presence of God. What we see happen around Jesus is we see brokenness put back together. We see sickness healed. We see the hungry fed. We see the lonely found. The orphans, the orphan heart found a home. We sang it this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Well, how are we set free? Because we are met with the, with the presence of God in Jesus. They encountered the presence of God in Jesus, and their lives began to heal. This is salt and light. This is healing. This is restoring. This is purifying. This is lighting up the darkness. The presence of God began to fill pieces of the world again, little by little. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Thanks, Michelle. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They became disciples. This moment of conversion, this moment of conversion led to a life of discipleship or following Jesus. Moments like this where, where something changes, it, it, can, it can disrupt our normal, can't it? It's almost two years to the day, well, it will be next week, where we went into our first lockdown. Moments leave normal very different. Positive or negative, profound moments change what was normal. I thought Jesse and I were, you know, really getting to know each other, and then all of a sudden there was that text of like, you know what, John? Maybe, maybe this would be better if we were just friends. Oh, fantastic. 
right? It's, it's, moment, and it, it's always so, you, you, don't, you don't know what's coming, and then it happens, and you're like, now what? Oftentimes, you can't go back to once was because the, the profound moment has changed it. There's been a major change of direction. This is, this is exactly what Peter's talking about at the very, early, the very beginning or end of his message. He says the word repent. Here's the Greek word here. I'll put it up on the screen for us. It's a verb, and it literally means to change one's mind. It means to have a change of direction. Moments move us forward. Moments give us a change of direction. The presence of God filled the people, not just for a moment. The presence of God filled the people in order for a new life to take place. See, God's purpose of filling every part of his creation, every man and woman, everybody in this room with his presence has never stopped. That's always been God's purpose. This is what God is doing. And we had a moment like this last Sunday, didn't we, where the presence of God just, just came so close. It was potent in the room. It was so tangible. A very profound and real moment where God was close. But the worst thing we can do is we can, we can stay in that moment and let it just simply be a moment. The moment occurs, get this today, the moment occurs in order for us to be filled and let the presence of God actually spill over. The moment happens so that we can experience a spilling over to our, the rest of our lives. The moment occurs in order for the Holy Spirit to fill what was once ordinary. And we can so often long for moments, can't we? But we've lost the devotion to walk in the ways of Jesus, empowering every moment. Do you hear what I'm saying? What if, what if some of the dissatisfaction we can sometimes feel in our relationship with God is because we haven't let the moment spill over? Even though we have changed, sometimes we can actually still live unchanged, can't we? If we are the church, have we let ourselves be marked by the presence of God? Has that actually begun to change who we are? I think there are two kind of false extremes we can kind of fall into here in this category. One is this. One is this. We can live for the moment. We can live for the moment. We seek after being filled with the presence of God, and, 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 and we, but we never really put it into practice. You know, we experience the moment, but we never put it into practice. There's a moment here where Jesus is with Peter, James, and John, and I'm going to read this in Mark, or sorry, Matthew 17. It says this, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them to a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love, and I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground terrified. But Jesus came and he touched them and said, get up, don't be afraid. This, this mountaintop moment happens. This, this supernatural moment happens. The presence of God is so heavy, it says that the, the disciples fell on their face. And what does Peter want to do? Jesus, let's stay here. Let's build some tents. 
I'll get the party going. We'll order some pizza. We're going to stay right here. But, but what does the voice from heaven say? It says, this is my son who I am well pleased. Listen to him. It's basically saying, go and follow him. Listen to him. Do as he is showing you. Take this moment and let it spill into what happens next. Take this moment and bring it into the valley. I love to run. Usually, it's too cold right now. <laughs> I usually like to run. Um, but, but if I just had moments of inspiration to run, and I never actually put my feet on the ground, I'm not a runner, am I? If I just take moments of inspiration and I live in the euphoria of being an inspired runner but never actually run, I'm not a runner. Moments of inspiration do not make me, make me a runner. It's when I put my feet to the ground. The presence of God comes and he fills the space and he fills us, but, but not just for the moment. The moments of inspiration, the moments of filling are fantastic, but we miss the whole purpose of a moment if we just stay here. The moment of filling happens in order for it to spill over. If the first is, is to, to live for the moment, the second one is this. The second extreme we can fall into is, Jesus, just let me do it. Just tell me what to do. Jesus, just tell me what to do. We don't want the moment. You know, the moment makes us uncomfortable. It's too real or it's too vulnerable. Just tell me what to do, Jesus. I'll do it. I can do it by myself. I don't want the moment. Just tell me what I'm supposed to do. But the reality is we can't actually be marked by the presence of God if we haven't been marked by the presence of God. Mark 10 tells the story of Jesus and a rich man. And I'll invite Michelle to come up. There's a story, and you've probably read it before, but I want to read it over us. It's Mark chapter 10. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him and knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus said. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, <laughs> you know the commandments. Do not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and your mother. And the man says this, Teacher, I've obeyed all of these commandments since I was young. I love this part here, verse 21. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Hear that before I read what's next. Jesus, looking at the man with genuine love, said this. There is still one thing you haven't done. He told him, go and sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Come follow me. Come let it spill over. Come let it spill over. Follow me. And what happens? At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. This man basically says to Jesus, give me the task to do. Let me know how I can buy it. Just give me what I'm supposed to do. I can do this on my own. Jesus, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. And how does Jesus respond? Jesus says, you need to let me in. Let me reorder you. Let me have a moment with you that'll actually transform you. But he didn't want the moment. He didn't want the transformation. Why? It was too costly. 
It costs too much. To be a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, is to surrender to the holy moments and then let it spill over. To be the church, a people marked by the presence of God, is to surrender to the holy moments and let it spill over. It's not one or the other. It's both. I think we all tend to be somewhere between these two extremes. Honestly and vulnerably, I tend to be the guy that seeks the moments. I love the moment. I love the intensity. Give me all the feels. Mm. That's, that's really though, like in all honesty and vulnerability, that's me. I struggle with taking it and putting it into practice. I struggle with the moment of taking it and actually let it become who I am. I feel like the Lord's been just, we had a beautiful time, really we did last weekend. But I feel like all week, and it's been a beautiful invitation from the Lord where he's just been asking me, John, do you want me just for the moments? John, do you want me just for the moments or do you want to be marked by me in the ordinary moments? When I'm grumpy and I don't wanna get up early, happens a lot. <laughs> when the kids are screaming in my face and I can't find any peace. When the restrictions go back and forth and I want to scream. When the world is in chaos and I want to hide in a corner and I want to ignore it. When I'm being selfish and I want what I want instead of what God wants. The question comes again, John, do you just want me for the moments? Or do you want me to actually begin to transform who you are? and infuse your ordinary with my presence. We've been asking this question, you know, what is the church supposed to be in a time of disruption where every, like honestly, we could stay on the live news updates 24 seven and we would just be hit with trauma after trauma after bad news after bad news. What if this was a moment where we began to ask fundamental questions about who we are? In the searching, are we marked by the presence of God? Because what we're finding out is that the church is supposed to be a space in the world where the culture of heaven is in the midst of a people filled with the presence of God. The church is, hear this today, the church is a, it is a, not potentially, the church is the church when it is a space in the world where the culture of heaven is in the midst of a people filled with the presence of God. That's the invitation to us here on Graham and Ann. If the church functions as a place where we just kind of say by default, I can do this on my own. We don't need the holy moments. We're basically telling God, we don't need his presence to have a good world. If we want to see our families, our sons and our daughters, our grandchildren experience the love of God, we have to let the moments spill over. We have to let the moments spill over where the holy moments, where God comes so close and we experience the weight of his presence, but we let those moments spill over. The Holy Spirit actually begins to change how we go to bed Sunday night and how we wake up Monday morning. You know, that's why we set our alarms at five or 5.30 in the morning when we could actually sleep in until six. That's why we come Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. and we pray. That's one of the highlights of my week. We let the moments spill over. Why do I get up at five when I could get up at six? I let the moments spill over. 
That's why we come to Alpha on Sunday nights. Why? Because we let the moment spill over. That's why we come and we serve at Awana. That's why we serve at Loop and at Youth. Because why? We let the moment spill over. We become people who are marked by the presence of God. That's why we pray. That's why we serve. That's why we reach out and we pray for our friends. That's why we give money away. That's why we love our enemies. Why? Because we let the moment spill over. We're not just marked by a moment. We're marked by a life devoted to following Jesus. Have we let the moment, have we let the holy moments, the encounter with the presence of God, actually spill over? A space in the world where the culture of heaven is in the midst of a people filled with the presence of God. I want to end with this story. I don't know if you've read the books or you've watched the film, but there's a moment in The Fellowship of the Ring. It's the first, first of Tolkien's book in the series, The Lord of the Rings. Where one of the main characters, Frodo, he's just kind of in this moment where he's just feeling the weight of his current circumstance. He's just weighed down. He's exhausted. He's at the end of himself, and he feels the weight of the moment. And, and we, we read that there were, Tolkien captured this moment where we get into the real vulnerable heart of this main character. And he says this, I wish it not have happened in my time, said Frodo. I wish it not have happened in my time. And I want us to grab this response this morning. So do I, said Gandalf. And so do all who live to see such times. But that's not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. We can't decide the times we live. I didn't decide that I would turn 33 today. What I can decide is, what am I gonna do with the moments? What am I gonna do with this life that I'm in right now? I think we all find ourselves in that point of tension sometimes, don't we? What do I do now? The world's opening up. I don't know how I feel about that. What will we do with the moments? I think for some of us in the room, the invitation is actually to be open to the moments. We're not made to do this alone. We were made to live in the presence of God. You are the most you when you live in the presence of God. We have told God that he doesn't belong in this world. But maybe the invitation is, will we be the ones that ask him to come back? For some of us in the room, the invitation is to let the moment spill over to actually be a disciple of Jesus and follow his example. We let the presence of God spill over. Will we live in the euphoria of a moment or will we let it spill over? Will we let the presence of God spill over? Because the good news is that Jesus invites us into both. Jesus invites us into the holy moment and then to let it spill over. A space in the world where the culture of heaven is in the midst of a people filled with the presence of God. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come on up. I'm going to end here in a second, but I just want to, we, we try to create space every Sunday. Whether the Lord's speaking to you about what I've been, what we, maybe in the worship time or what we've been teaching on this morning, but I just want to invite you in a minute. If you want to receive prayer for anything, you come right up. But in every day, every moment, in the profound, but also in the mundane and the ordinary, 
we are invited to live in the presence of God because we carry the presence of God, following the ways of Jesus in both. Thank you.